Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one gospel-centered tip every week in 15 minutes only. 15 minutes only, Derek. Only 15 minutes. Sometimes we get 17, but we do try and keep it short. Now, a lot of people are saying we should do a long-form version. They're really keen to hear more of you, you know. Not me, but more of you. Yeah. Who's got saying, a, you have got a lot, of fans, some a lot people, of fans. They say it to saying, me. They say, oh, Derek's got some really helpful things to say. Yeah, and then it stops there. That's where it stops. I don't think anyway, you press play on episode number 70, Know When to Quit. And it's an important episode. Uh, we're talking about ha- how do you know when to stop a evangelistic work or a project? How do you know when uh, it's your time to potentially uh, leave a ministry area in church or maybe uh, leave a church? Uh, how do you know when to shut down a church plant? Uh, these are it's a, it's a really difficult question. Uh, we want to talk to Derek today about how to know when to quit. So, Derek, how do you know when to quit? Quit what? <laughs> well, Quit let, let's just think in the small here. So we're not talking about you know leaving leaving a church or yeah. leaving a, a ministry. Uh, you've been you know driving hard on maybe an evangelistic course. You've been using the reason God for God for Keller, how, uh, you know, for the last year. Um, it worked really well at the start. Hasn't been working. You know, how do you make that decision to stop doing something that you're heavily invested in, uh, but it, it's just not working? Yeah, I think. Part of the question has to be: Are you measuring it? Like, are you actually what? What did you go? With? You, you obviously went in with a particular outcome in mind, and uh, you need to be measuring against that outcome. So you can be personally invested in it. You can think it's the greatest thing in the world, but you actually have to be owning the outcome for that, and not just the process for it, because the process may be just about you. And there'll be benefits to the process, people coming together and doing that. But the actual outcome, and this happens with evangelistic stuff all the time. Um, you know, we say the outcome is to see people become Christians. And so we run these amazing things. No non-Christians come, just Christians come. Christians feel great about themselves because they do stuff, um, but the outcome doesn't get achieved. And so the the way in which you need to think about how to shut that stuff down is, is it actually achieving what I set out to do at the start? If it's not, shut it down. So that's really helpful. Uh, keep it about the outcome. Uh, keep it not about yourself, even though it's very hard not to make it about yourself, especially when you've set up that ministry and, and, and got it got it working yeah um what what about when uh when you actually need to hands you know hand yeah you actually need to quit quitting is the wrong word but you actually need to hand something over and and you're really really good at it you're really invested in it you know how do you sort of personally deal with the i guess the loss and the grief of you know giving up something that you uh, really want to do for example a lot of our church planners uh they're, they're great at mission but in order for the f- church to grow they actually need to hand over mission responsibility to, to someone else on their team mm. uh, so they can focus on on other you know key priority areas yeah good question the I was having to talk to a plan about this the other day actually um, and part of it is what you just said about identity um, as well like we, we cannot let our identity become caught up in what we're doing uh, and as Christians you know we want to say our identity is in Christ and when we open Scott's toolbox later there'll be something in there for that but um, actually, the, the identity we have is not in what we do, um, but in Christ. And so for planters, for example, when they hit those growth barriers and they're growing, they start off with a 
heart, and we'll continue hopefully with the heart to reach the loss, but there's that cold face contact doing the stuff they love, they got into it for, and then you get to those points where you think, I can't do it for everyone, never a new person come in, I can't meet up for coffee and transition them in, and so they start having to offload those things. At the start, it's easier because you can take someone with you and do it and train it. It's the point at which you need to step back and let someone else do it, and they may do it not as well as you, but... So theologically, there's an identity... There's an identity question. Yep. What what other sort of theological resources are you drawing on as you're trying to, I guess, teach teach yourself? Oh, the fact that I'm not in control of everything. Actually, this is not my church. This is God's church. Um, that he uses more people than me. I'm part of a body. Um, my responsibility is to actually um, uh, grow and disciple those around me as well as reaching, uh, trying to reach the lost and mobilize people towards that. So theologically, I want to say I'm not in control of everything. I have responsibility under God. That responsibility is both to drive towards, you know, seeing people become Christians, but also maturing and raising up and building leaders as well. So I need to balance those two things in that. Now, I, I want to talk about some of the signs, um, and and I'll, I'll have a follow up question. So, but but what are the signs in particular that you need to step back, or you yeah. too you're yeah, too that clingy? You, that you need to step uh, back. Yeah. You need to step back. Or you, you need to stop this ministry. Yeah. 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 I. It can it can come in a number of different ways, can't it? Because in one sense, it can be you can feel like to you nothing's wrong, like things are going well. Mm. But I think one of the signs can be if you are so caught up, um, if you are so caught up in the ups and downs of that thing, if you feel like no one could ever do it possibly as well as you, that your identity is starting to be melded into this thing, whether it's an evangelistic thing or whether it's whatever else it might be, whether it's your church or your church planning ministry, your identity is being melded into uh, this moment. So if it went down, you went down. Mm. I think that's dangerous. I think that's one side of it, and you may not always uh, be able to see that as well. Um, the other side of it as well is if you're actually, uh, if you need to step back, if you're feeling like you're not in a place where you can um, move this thing forward towards the outcomes that it's for, and so that can happen. Uh, might be loss of vision, might be loss of energy for it. You might wake up in a cold sweat thinking, I absolutely don't want to do this anymore. So now, that, now that's hard to do. I mean, often, often when you're, you know, trending towards burnout or, or mm. trending towards, um, you know, st- being stressed out, uh, it's hard to actually see those signs. How, you know, what, I guess what advice would you give to those listening as to how to uh, have that external assessment, you know, particularly for the pastor who's, who's by himself and mm. doesn't necessarily have an eldership or a, a leadership team that's, you know, got high emotional and high emotional quotient. Yeah. And there's that different, um, there's the two different things that I know uh, Oilstone talk about in their program. Uh, I'm sure they got it from somewhere else, but Oilstone talk about being burnt out uh, or being stressed out. And so you, you behave in different ways um, and it'll manifest itself differently. But it is hard sometimes in yourself. It can feel like driving without wheels mm. on. You're kind of skidding all over the road. Um, and you might know something's wrong. And other people might be seeing signs. Very hard to drive without wheels. It is hard uh, to drive without wheels. Or around yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, emotionally, it's hard to correct without wheels. Yes. You know, you do stuff and everything hits you harder and you kind of skid off the road easier. Um, but you, you do need people around you. Even if they're not in church, you do need some people around you. But um, if you've, you know, if you're married um, and you've got kids, you'll see you'll see it manifesting there because you'll be able to hold it together with everyone outside better than you will with your family. So your family can be a good gauger, um, and those closest to you as well. Yep. Uh, you need to you need to actually get their uh, input, which is which is hard to do. Mm. Now we are going to have a pause and have a have a quick break. Uh, we just want to mention one of our uh, podcast partners. 
Uh, you might have heard of the New Churches podcast. It's a great podcast where Daniel M, Ed Stetzer, Todd Atkins uh, talk about all things uh, church planting. Uh, the New Churches podcast. Uh, jump into the Lifeway Leadership Network and uh, and download that podcast um, today. Okay, well, let me open the toolbox. Mark, cue the uh, awkward sound in the background. I've got three great resources for you. Uh, the first one is on on building deep convictions. One of the things I was encouraged to do at uh, at Bible College by uh, by David Cook was to regularly read through a systematic theology. And, you know, some might be Raymond, uh, it might be Grudem, it might be Burkhoff, um, it might be Erickson. You know, BB Big Boy pick, Warfield. Yeah, BB Warfield. Pick pick your favourite. Pick your uh, pr- your convictions as well. Uh, but reading through uh, you know maybe the character of God section or, or reading through a section is really helpful. I've just done that recently, thinking thinking into uh, our gatherings, uh, and I've just found it really helpful. You, you guys get a whole bunch of church fathers and, and encouragement. Uh, second resource, how, how do we actually anchor our identity? There's a great resource by Rory Sharna, a past, pastor in uh, WA called One Forever, a uh, helpful book just to start thinking about your identity. Uh, and I think uh, so much a part of knowing when, you know, when to quit uh, and, and one of the, I guess, the blockers to it is actually not having a plan to actually hand over to someone else. And so you just kind of get trapped and caught uh, and you, you actually don't know who to hand it over to. But if you think about succession planning and building others, uh, then I reckon you can solve some of those issues. And so there's a great resource by Todd Atkins and Lifeway Leadership. We'll, we'll uh, attach uh, the PDF to the show notes. No, I just say one more. Yeah, yeah, one this more. Just, I was watching this the other day. It's a YouTube video by a guy. I can't remember his name, but um, he works for Google X and it's on uh, the art of celebrating failure. I think that's what it's called. But he describes himself, his job is an astro teller. That's his job. Okay. That's the title I want for my life, AstroTel. AstroTel. Celebrating failure or something like that, we'll put a link in. It's excellent. TED Talk on how to to shut stuff down well. Excellent. Um, Well, I want to press into knowing when to quit. So there's lots of reasons we make excuses why we ought to stay. You know, convince me, why should I quit? My, uh, you know, my role, Derek. Tell me why, why should I should you say. Well, there's yeah, already been a coup d'état in uh, <laughs> Geneva. Um, uh, well, I think one of the the ways that I want to start thinking about is is I shouldn't stay because yeah. you know don't stay because what's the answer to that? Uh, I think some things I see I've seen this in myself, but I've uh, and don't keep going in this ministry because I've seen it myself, seen it in others. Don't stay because you have no other options. Don't stay because you can't think of what you might do if you don't stay mm. here. It's really damaging to – it can be really damaging to the ministry you've you've worked hard at, really damaging to the people around you as well. Don't stay because you can't think of anything else to now, do. Now, that's a, it, is, it is hard because uh, often in ministry, um, you know, there's not like there's – Seek.com for ministry out there. Oh, I know, I know yeah. there are a couple of boards, but yeah. there's not a lot of other options out there for oh, Particularly for in Australia as well. When you go to Bible college for four years, you've done MTS before that, you've left any kind of professional degree you've had in the past. It's hard to get back into nursing. It's hard to get back into teaching. Well, I did IT and they were punch cards when I was around. So <laughs> that's a long way away. Um, but yeah, it is. So that is hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but um, you, you're not doing yourself any favours. Mm. You're not doing the ministry that you, you you love any favours by staying there because you have no other options. So what else? Don't stay because? Well, don't stay because you can't see a future without you there either. Um, like don't say, oh, look around. And there's no one who could possibly do this as well as me or there's no one waiting to step up. Um, uh, it, part of the answer, and you mentioned this before in the toolkit, is succession planning and working out how we do that and how we do it well. But um, – 
we we cannot stay in a position because we personally cannot see anyone who might be able to take over after us. Mm. Surely we need to have a bigger picture of God and it's his church and that he will raise someone up for it. And we do need to be responsible in thinking about succession planning. Um, And we can't leave at an awkward time if, you know, everything's kind of coming to a head and you say, no, I'm out the door. It's a responsibility aspect. But you can't just hang on because you keep thinking, I can't see anyone. It's got to be um, uh, more thought, more theological rigor to it. Than there's, that. A, there's almost that attitude in, in just our Australianness. You know, we don't we don't like to quit. We're not Australians aren't quitters. Yeah, you know, we absolutely. we give up. We, we've got both our legs blown off. Yeah, we don't have any arms, but we're yeah. still going to take the Kokoda Trail. Yeah. you know, um, there's kind of that hero, heroism in uh, in Australian culture, but also in a lot of ministers as well. Yeah, stiff upper lip. Yep, that's uh, for yeah. our English brothers and sisters. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so don't stay because uh, if you do. There's a good chance um, you're going to do more harm than good. Um, so this is thinking: if you have no other options, don't stay um, because of that. Uh, if you can't see a future without you there, that's not a good reason to stay. Uh, and if you do those things, you will cause more harm yep. than good. Yep. So uh, give me some help. How do how do you actually start planning? You know, for a future where you're not there, how do you start planning uh, and get ready for this? I think day one on the job, you want to start planning for the future. Um, not because you want to leave. That's mm. not the goal. And, and for a ministry as well, not because you want to shut it down. What you're thinking is, um, I want to build this ministry or build this role uh, and build the people into that so that if it is achieving the outcomes, when I uh, step back or when something happens to me, it continues to drive towards the outcomes that I set it up for. So you've done some real helpful work on us and our, you know, our, our, our being, how we see the situation, what are some of the structural things that we can do to actually prepare for this as well? Yeah, so I think the uh, structural things we need to do is we need to have a built, we don't devil leadership pipeline. Yep. I know we always bang on about that stuff, but we do need to start raising up people around us so it doesn't rest on us. That can be hard in our ego. Um, it can be, it can drag time away from other things that we might love, but we need to start raising leaders around us. So um, when you talk about leadership pipeline, we need to start in, intentionally investing in team members, team leaders, ministry department. Uh, leaders and, and our senior leadership team. We act, they, it, it, you know, it needs a plan. Absolutely, absolutely needs a plan. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think for as well for our ministries, um, we want to be consistently assessing um, whether have clear metrics and outcomes to know that it's achieving what we want it to achieve, yep. and not be afraid to shut stuff down. Um, it, it's not, we might feel it's a reflection on us, but that's just our pride speaking in there. Actually, our, our goal is to see people one for Christ and see people maturing in Christ. If it's not getting there, shut it down and then deal internally with your heart issues, which are making that hard. Um, but there's a lot of identity stuff that goes in. So, so putting in uh, regular evaluation, being clear up front about the, um, the outcome that you're trying to achieve, uh, so that, so that I guess everyone's on the same page. That's yep. really helpful. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, just sort of bringing this down to brass tacks, you know, what would you say to a, a planter who's been at it for six years and it hasn't it hasn't worked? You know, it hasn't grown past fifty. You know, what's the conversation you know that you have with him? Go easy on yourself. <laughs> just go easy on yourself. Just take a breath. Don't run away. Um, uh, I think you've got to speak to people who are um, around you to hear where you're going, but you. That you don't want to run away from this stuff. So I'm not saying, you know, when things are going well, 
just kind of find the, the door the quickest. Yep. Um, there needs to be wisdom in this area. Ministry is incredibly hard. And if you're thinking, oh, I'm only 50 and you know, the church down the road is 500, what am I doing wrong? There may be some things which you need to tweak. Uh, you may need to get you know, a, a coach and you know, thankfully in the Geneva Network, every plan is a coach for the first few years. Uh, you ne- may need to get some extra tools. Don't be too full of pride to ask for that stuff, but you do need to go easy on yourself as well. I think um, just take a, a, a little bit of a breath. Maybe you need a bit of perspective, step back a little bit. The three and the seven-year mark, six and seven-year mark yeah. for planners are often really yeah. low points. Um, the three-year mark, people seem to be able to hold it together for the first couple of years, excited, and then they just let it out. Um, the seven-year mark, you've gone through a few changes through barriers, and it's often that kind of point which you think it's been about 10 years in ministry, a few years before preparing, and you're feeling tired. So, And, that, and that's the same in established ministries as oh, well. Absolutely. You know, the honey, honeymoon period's there. You know, a new minister comes in, he's going to change the world. Yep. Yep, you realise he's going to change a little bit of the world. Yep. Uh, you, energy subsides. And around the seven-year mark as well, you see a lot of ministers moving on. You know, yeah. hey, I've done all I can. Um, Derek, really helpful to have uh, have you share some of those thoughts. What's the one thing uh, on knowing when to quit? That we went into this because we have a conviction that God changes people through the gospel, not that he changes people through us. So we need to keep seeing our ministry as a, a privilege to be involved in, but not something which shapes and defines our identity. That's in Christ. Well, thanks for uh, coming on The One Thing today, Derek. It's been great to be here. <laughs> it's been excellent to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Scott. Uh, and uh, if you love The One Thing, then can I encourage you to uh, share it uh, with your mates? If this episode has been particularly helpful for you, why not share it with a, another one of your ministry mates as well? Uh, and if... Uh, you also, uh, if you also want to like it on on Facebook uh, and other areas, so that uh, people can hear more about the one thing. <laughs> Coming up in our next episode of the one thing, we're going to be talking with Paul Harrington, the senior pastor or senior minister of the Trinity Network of Churches in Adelaide. It's going to be a great uh, chat with him. Mm. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.